0: Hi, I'm Justin Rosso, and welcome to this episode of the Next Step Podcast, where we help you take a next step. This is episode 20 of season 4 of the Next Step Podcast, and it's also a Facebook Live reading of the book, Delight, Discipleship as the Adventure of Loving and Being Loved. Today we get to start chapter 11, so we're almost done. There's 12 chapters, and the 12th chapter is a little bit shorter, kind of a wrap-up chapter, but we get to start chapter 11 tonight. It's the third in this third section of the book. The third section is about God's work in your life. Remember, there is the first section, the architecture of delight. It gave us an overview of the biblical word cloud of delight and how the Bible talks about things that are delightful, uh, emotional delight and Uh, thoughtful delight and delicious delight, all kinds of playful delight, different vocabulary words for delight in both Old and New Testaments. And then section two looked at God's delight in us, and uh, we used chapters on the treasured possession, or I am my beloved's and my beloved is mine. Those, Those were some language we used in that second section. And then section three has been a focus on our delight in God, but that doesn't mean all of a sudden this is like our side of the bargain. This is still God's work in us, but God's work in us that produces delight in doing God's will and, and walking in God's ways. So that's kind of where we are. And we are talking about God's word tonight. In fact, God's word is a delicious delight. That's something that the Bible is very clear clear about. And chapter 11 is called God's word propels your adventure. Well, it was a wonderfully sunny day today. I was wearing a uh, collared shirt and a sweater earlier. Now I'm just in a t-shirt because I was out grilling. We grilled some shish kebab this evening because it was just such beautiful weather. And the big news in the Rosso household today is that this arrived. My copy of Light in the Darkness, a hymn journal for Advent and Christmas, came today featuring visual faith ministry artists, and music from Brooke Orozco and Brendan Norp. Brooke and Brendan have three songs in here. The other nine are traditional hymns and carols. And I got to tell you, there's some really there's some really fun. There's something my mom drew is in this book as well. So there's some really cool artwork here and some visual faith experiments. Something from Pat Meyer on Isaiah 6, a faith experiment there. Uh, just some really cool things. Oh, I like this one from Karen Hunter. There's some thorns in the bottom left, and then Christmas point setters, and then Easter lilies in the upper right. So you got to check this out. This is a cool, cool resource. I'll put a link in the description as well. There's the back cover, a really neat kind of Advent hymn journal. I really like it. Glad to have it in my hands. It's been a lot of work, and it's done. Look at these. These are all, these are the O-antiphons drawn by Ann Gillespie, and they all kind of walk us through O Come O Come and all the different verses there. And Ann's given us some wonderful art to kind of add color to and ponder and, and pray through. Oh, this is really cool. This is a neat faith experiment from, again, from Katie Holmreich. Look at, look at that one. So anyway, I'm really excited to have light in the darkness in my hands. You can get it now on Amazon. And uh, would love for you to well buy a copy, give a copy to a friend, walk through it with several people. Make sure you join the Facebook page. I'll put that link in the description as well. Uh, you need to join the Facebook page and just see what other people are doing and add to the conversation. We'd love to have you. So, Ponder New is live and ready. But tonight we're focused on delight, and tonight we are starting chapter eleven on page two twenty eight with the section called, God's Powerful and Delightful Word. Every journey needs fuel, something to propel you forward. Your faith adventure is no different. And the fuel that God gives you to propel your adventure of following Jesus is like no other. From the very beginning of the story, when God speaks creation into existence, God's Word is active and powerful. God's Word accomplishes God's will. God's Word is given to God's people as a way of making God's presence available to them. And God's Word is a delight. Every journey needs fuel, and your faith adventure is propelled forward By the very presence of the Almighty, active in, with, and under the words of Scripture, the powerful, dynamic, and delightful Word of God. God makes this promise in Isaiah 55 As the rain and snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my Word. That goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire. That's the yes, please, delight word, and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. God's word accomplishes God's kafets, God's desirable delight, the result God desires because it brings such joy. God's word gets stuff done. And that powerful, delightful word has been given as a gift to you. The word of the Lord endures forever, and this is the word that was preached to you, 1 Peter 1.25. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Romans 10, verse 8. When you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it not as a human word, but as it actually is, the word of God, which is indeed at work in you who believe 1thessalonians 2:13 let the word of christ dwell in you richly colossians 3:16 you have the word of god at work and at play in you doing stuff getting stuff done god's word is not some sort of magical incantation that lets you harness divine power God's word doesn't come under your control like that. In fact, we might say it the other way around. You come under the power of God's word. Well, that might sound a little scary to people who value being in control. I'm looking at you. Coming under the power of God's word may be the single best thing that ever happened to you. And the most Fun. The river rapids can be dangerous. The biggest waves come with the most undertow. But for the whitewater kayaker or the surfing buff, riding the power that propels you is a delight. God's Word is active and powerful in your life. God's Word propels you forward on your journey of faith because of what God's Word delivers. God's word delivers Jesus. Jesus is powerful. Jesus gets stuff done. Jesus is always loving and gracious and forgiving and patient and active and delightful. Jesus is always up to something in your life. Discipleship is the art, the adventure, and the delight of discovering what Jesus is up to in your day today that adventure is fueled by God's Word chapter 11 section 2 savoring God's Word a delicious delight yum how did you start your day today chances are in the midst of your routine you both read something and ate Something. Maybe you checked the messages on your phone. Maybe you scrolled through the news online or picked up a newspaper. Do people still do that? And maybe you read some of this book on your phone or on your tablet or on your toilet. And at some point you probably went to the kitchen and poured yourself some coffee, grabbed some cereal or a piece of toast, or maybe a granola bar for the road and got on with the rest of your day. Sound familiar? Or at least familiar enough to recognize, even if the details of your particular morning today happen to be different from mine. Reading and eating are so basic to your daily life you hardly think about them. When I read, I read the words in my head. I actually sound out the words, which makes me a pretty slow reader. And Not everyone does that. But everyone I know reads silently. They don't actually vocalize the words out loud unless they're reading to children, unless they're children or reading to children, Uh, (laughs) or, uh, you know, reading on a Facebook live video. But think about it for a moment. Reading silently is not how most people in most places for almost all of human history have experienced words you probably have some general knowledge that the times and cultures of the Bible were primarily oral, mouth, and oral, ear, cultures. Oral and aural. All communication happened with your mouth and your ears. Most people didn't read. And if you did happen to read, you always read out loud, even by yourself. Reading God's word probably meant reciting scripture from memory. And even if you could actually read a copy of the scroll of Isaiah or Jeremiah at your local synagogue, or one of the letters from Paul making the rounds to the estates that hosted churches, you would have read those words, even to yourself, out loud. The reader was an important position in the local congregation of the early church, though some historical evidence suggests not even all of the readers were literate. If you read God's word by yourself or with others, you read the word out loud. And you probably read it out loud repeatedly. And you probably memorized it by saying it repeatedly out loud. (laughs) That's quite a different experience from how I live out the activity of reading in my day-to-day life. The differences with eating are no less stark. You can imagine the diversity in diet, eating positions, spices, utensils, and customs around meals in different biblical times and cultures, and how strange any Bible character would find our experience of food and eating today. I want to focus on just one difference, the daily ongoing question of what you're going to eat. Of course, we wonder what's for dinner all the time in my house, but for us, the question is never if we have enough grain to grind into flour so we can bake our own bread. It's more like, whose turn is it to run to the store, or would we rather get takeout? Maybe you bake your own bread, but I'm guessing you don't have to. In a pinch, you could always stop at the local gas station and pick up a loaf. But I suspect you don't usually get Wonder Bread at Sunoco. You probably find a much wider selection at a finer food supplier than that. And if you've never wondered if you're going to have a next meal, let alone where that next meal might come from, if you've never visited a food bank or a homeless shelter as a way of making ends meet instead of as a volunteer, then maybe you don't understand the connection between bread and food or between bread and life in the same visceral way that most of the people throughout the library of books we call the bible would have the question what will we eat the questions what will we eat and what will we wear are not about making choices between multiple restaurants or choosing the right dinner dress what will we eat and what will we wear are daily questions of survival Life needs food. Food means bread. Bread means life. You probably read something and ate something today. You're doing it right now. And I would bet dollars to donuts that you aren't reading this out loud to yourself and you didn't make that donut from scratch. Though you may be listening to an audiobook or Facebook live reading as someone else reads this to you out loud. Our present post-literate communications culture sometimes works more like a pre-literate culture, but that's a different topic for a different time. You probably know stories of the people of God wandering in the wilderness and being fed daily with manna from heaven. But you don't feel that daily need in your body quite the same way they did. You know stories like the people who returned from exile gathering to hear the books of Moses read to them out loud by Ezra the priest. But you don't hold the physicality of those words in your mouth and in your eardrums in the same and in your communal hearing the same way they did. As we talk about the delicious delight of God's word, I want you to feel the physical sensation of chewing those words in your mouth as you read them out loud. I want you to have your daily need for daily bread in the forefront of your mind. I want you to hold on to that experience of mouth and belly and daily dependence as we talk about how the Word of God empowers your adventure of following Jesus because your daily experience of reading and eating can lead you to miss some of the most delightful aspects of our daily dependence on God's Word. Try reading the following out loud, slowly chewing your way through each verse more than once. All right, how about I just read it out loud once to you? This is Deuteronomy 8, 2-3. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these forty years, to humble and test you, in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Okay, talk me into it. I'll read it again. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these forty years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Manna, bread from heaven, kept these people alive alive, on a daily basis during 40 years of wilderness wandering. Daily survival depended on eating that bread. And God's people learned you need God's word in your mouth and belly for daily survival even more than you need bread or food. As God's people, you keep the word on your lips and meditate on it day and night. That invitation to rumination is echoed at the very beginning of the book of Psalms. Blessed is the one whose delight, is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. The Torah of Yahweh, both commands and promises, is not a bland gruel. You have to choke down just to stay alive. No, God's word brings desirable delight, is To the one who meditates. That meditation word is all about chewing and vocalizing, like a wild animal growling over a gnawed bone, and involves the lips, teeth, tongue, and vocal cords. I meditated over my breakfast cereal like that when I was a kid. It drove my sister crazy. Hi, Brooke. When you chew on God's word, you release the flavor and the power of the food. You keep at it until you've sucked out the last of the marrow. That kind of ongoing eating is like crushing a fresh herb. Think chocolate mint or lemon basil. So that the herb fills your personal space with its pungent aroma. That power and flavor was already there in the food, in the herb, before you chewed and crushed and meditated it. But the chewing and crushing and lingering and savoring releases that power and flavor into your experience for your benefit. Savoring God's word is like that. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen says, When your words came, I ate them, they were my joy, sus, and my heart's delight, simcha Sus is Hebrew, remember? Exult, rejoice, take delight in, make mirth, be glad. The prophet Jeremiah used his mouth and lips and teeth to interact with God's word. The result was both sustenance and delight. Joyful delight in the form of sus, like Dr. Sus, and simkha, like sim card, but with a backwards ach. Simkha, joy, gladness, mirth, delight. Joy that makes you jump up and spin around and shout Woohoo! Isaiah 52 puts it this way Why do you spend money on what is not bread and your wages? On what does not satisfy, listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself. The Hebrew there is from Oneg. Let your soul delight itself in abundance. Incline your ear and come to me. here, and your soul shall live. The prophet Isaiah knows you need daily bread to survive and keeping God's word in your mouth and in your ears is like eating the most delicious feast. God's word is nourishment, yes. Nourishment that you hold in your mouth and chew on and meditate on and savor. God's word brings oneg, rhymes with no leg, a delicious delight that gives pleasure as well as nourishment. Oneg, Hebrew for daintiness, tender or delectable, and exquisite delight. God's word in your mouth, on your lips, as you growl over it and savor the food that sustains your life again today, that image of both dependence and delight is at the heart of what God's word says about God's word. Psalm 119 is the longest of the Psalms, the longest chapter in the Bible, in fact, and Psalm 119 counts as a hymn of praise to God for the Word. We've already seen how the word law can sometimes mean all of God's promises and commands together, but page through Psalm 119 and you will find a variety of vocabulary words used in a parallel construction that indicates they're roughly synonymous for the great story of Scripture, both law and gospel, given for the sake of people God dearly loves. Your word, your faithfulness, your law, your precepts, your statutes, your testimonies, your words, your promise, your steadfast love, your justice, your commandments, your mercy, your rules, all of these refer to God's word. And all of them are, as the psalmist puts it, my delight. These synonyms for God's word are always active, always doing something. In Psalm 119, God's word saves me, answers me, brings God near, is fixed in the heavens, endures to all generations, and again and again, God's word gives me life, gives me life, gives me life. No wonder Psalm 119 verse 103 says, How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. God's word is food you need. But it's also food that tastes amazing. So think of reading God's word not as a silent activity in a moment of quiet holiness, rather Imagine chewing on God's word like a hungry lion gnawing on a bone, trying to get the last wonderful deliciousness out of every bite, desperately needing that sustenance to make it through another day. Deep need and delicious delight both belong to your relationship with God's word we'll explore that idea a little bit in the rest of chapter 11. Hey, thanks so much for joining us tonight. So good to have you here. We're still waiting for election results. Can you believe it? And yet God's word endures forever. And so we put our faith and trust in him and not in horses or kings or empires. So we'll wait to see what happens next. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, As always, check out the link to the A Patreon page for Next Step Press invites you to consider becoming a Next Step patron. Facebook live readings and podcasts like this are possible because of support from Next Step patrons. So thank you to all of you who already support the mission and ministry of Next Step Press. And please take a minute to check out whether you get it for yourself or for a friend or you don't end up buying a copy at all, uh, today this just went to the number one new release in Hymns and Hymnals in, on Amazon. So it's already starting to trend. It's a wonderful resource. It's got some great music. You'll love it. And the artwork by our Visual Faith Ministry artists is outstanding. So please take a minute to check that out as well. Hey, so good to have you with us tonight. We'll see you next time at Next Step Press.